welcome to the Peaceful Mama Life podcast, where we're all about finding balance as a mom. I'm your host, Brittany O'Leary, and I'm excited to share tips and strategies for incorporating self-care, hobbies, and spirituality into your busy mom life. Whether you're a new parent or a seasoned pro, this podcast will leave you feeling refreshed, motivated, and empowered to create a peaceful and harmonious life for yourself and your family. So grab a cup of tea and join me as we embark on this journey together. So today's episode is a little bit different than my past ones, and it's because of the past two months have been really challenging, and I wanted to talk about it because I feel like because I've been going through this, I didn't really have a lot of resources, and I had to kind of figure things out on my own. Um, and so for, so this episode is all about dealing with grief in motherhood. And so I hadn't had to really process the death of a loved one in a very long time. It's been since 2007, and that was a big one, but I didn't have children, and I was able to really just do what I needed to do to heal. Um, and so the beginning of March, my grandfather had been sick for a very long time, and but his health declined rapidly. And he went from like just sitting up talking i knew he was in a lot of pain he was excruciating amount of pain and and then over the weekend he went into the hospital and he came home and that was it he was no longer talking and hospice was in and we were at the house all together as a family knowing that he was going to pass away any moment and that week was, it was a lot. And I had to, my family, we, we were all there and I was, I feel like that was so, we're so fortunate that we had that. So I hadn't really been like, we see my family frequently, but all of us together, even, um, my grandfather's side of the family, like we hadn't all been together in a small space like that in a very long time. Um, but my kids were there and so they, I had to, my four-year-old is very aware. And so I had to really be honest about what was happening. Um, and I had to keep it really simple, but it was also very heavy because she had a lot of questions and, and some moments I didn't feel like answering them. And so, yeah, so we, we had that happen and we were, we're at the house when he passed away and my four-year-old has a, a now five-year-old cousin and they were able, like the way how the house is arranged, they were able to be off in another room and they kind of just played and did their own thing. And my grandfather passed away in his home of 35 years, surrounded by his family, my Nana, um, and so it, in a way it was very beautiful, but also it was very sad to lose such a, a wonderful man. Um, he was really like the only father figure that I had, a positive father figure in my entire life. And I didn't realize how difficult it would be to grieve and still have all the pressures of motherhood around me. And, and then, uh, I think like a couple weeks later, I found out a, a, 
a man that I had, or a kid, that I had babysat for a couple years. He had passed away very suddenly. Um, he wasn't feeling good. He had like a stomach bug. He had some other health issues and he just didn't wake up. And so that kind of just added on to the sadness that I was feeling. And then um, we were... My cat just entered. Um, we were getting ready to go camping and my aunt had noticed that my other cat uh, didn't look great. I had been very busy that day and I thought I, I thought she was being a little odd, but again, I was trying to get everything done. Um, and then once I looked, I knew that it was, it was serious. And so we, I got her to an emergency vet and it was very... I had to take one of my children with me and my husband brought my other daughter to the campground because we kind of hoped that it wasn't, you know, what it was. Um, and with, we were basically told that they didn't have any clear answers for us, but we knew that it was serious and she didn't have long. And so they told us like the following week that we go for more testing. Um, but her health rapidly declined very quickly and we lost her less than a week later. And again, I had her appointment scheduled to go to the vet, um, because I knew it was time, um, for us to let her go. But the night before we, I brought her outside, let her lay down in the yard in the sun. We sat with her. I told her that she didn't have to stick around for us, that we would take care of her twin sister, um, and that it was okay for her to go. And I brought her back in, put her on the couch, got into the hustle and bustle of dinner. And I went to go check on her and I saw her very, her very last breath. Um, and she was just sprawled out on the couch and, and that was it. And we talked, I talked to a vet, the vet called me a couple days later and it, all her symptoms really led to heart failure. So there was nothing we could do. There was no treatment. Uh, the symptoms came on very quickly. And by that point, it was it was just too late. And in that moment, my husband wasn't home. Thank goodness my aunt was here. And she came down and, um, but I that was it. I just, I hadn't really like had that full emotional release yet. And that was kind of it for me. And my children got to, see that in which I try not to like completely sob in front of them all the time. Um, they get to see my emotions, but to see me just like fully break down, I feel like it can be really a lot for a little child. And, but in that moment there was, there was not much I could do. My cat of 15 years that I had since I was a kitten who went through my entire adulthood with me died very quickly. And so that night it was very, very sad and we my four-year-old we just talk about it and I tell her that I am I'm feeling sad Max died and we talk about what happens that her body stopped working and we did the same thing with my grandpa that he was very very sick I tried to I really did a lot of research on this like when he was dying to say that he was very old and he was very 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 sick so I tried to really exaggerate it so that she knows that like if you get a cold you know, that's not going to be for most people, um, end of their life. And that he was 
you know, really sick and he was very old and his body was going to stop working. And the same thing for our cat, Max. She was, she was an older cat. She was a senior cat and her body just stopped working. I haven't, I, I know children are so open, but trying to explain the concept of spirit, which is something I truly do believe in, has been challenging for me. And that's something I'm still working on. And so during all of this, I'm going to bring in some human design. I am a non-emotional being, and which means my solar plexus is undefined. And what that means in human design is that when you have an undefined center, is that, sorry, I was also crying, um, or trying not to cry on this podcast right now, um, is that you can, it's a, those centers are the ones that you're meant to really explore and learn about. And also it's very easy to become conditioned and you're also very empathic. And so if you have an open solar plexus, you can really take on others' emotions and then you take them in and then you amplify them out. And that's something I didn't understand for a long time. And even before I really truly learned about human design, I had become aware of it probably a couple of years ago that when I would go into like really heavy situations, I would take that on and I would end up believing like if I was kind of like a heavier environment, I would be like really stressed or really sad. And those weren't truly my emotions. I was usually pretty calm, but I could take on others pretty easily. And and so during that, during being at my grandparents' house, I was I was running around. I had like my girls, my husband was working a lot and I usually do like a quick, just like like one minute meditation of like protecting myself in white light and kind of reminding myself that I don't have to take on others' emotions. But I didn't do that. I wasn't, I was being very present. I was, I was very sad that my grandpa was dying. And and so I just, I was busy and I didn't. And so I took on a, a lot and I don't think I realized how much I took on. And, and then I noticed little by, or not so little by little, I think it was happening little by little that my anxiety was trickling back in. And I, so I found myself holding my breath a lot because I hadn't, I still had to live life. I had to do all the things that we typically did, um, that, I wasn't stopping enough. And so I ended up, what happens when my anxiety kicks in is that I start holding my breath. And what that looks like is like when I'm just doing regular things, I'm not really taking like a deep breath or even like a normal breath. It's very shallow and it tends to like kind of, I hold it in like my chest a lot longer. And so when you're chest breathing, it actually increases your anxiety and depression. And once I realized it, then I kind of clicked. So if this had been a few years ago, I probably would have continued this downward spiral of grief and sadness and anxiety and kind of ended back at square one. But I had a lot more awareness this time that I wasn't going to let this consume me. I knew I had to process it, but it didn't have to become my new identity and anxiety. I've used, I've talked about it on here. CBD has helped so much with it. And 
it has lessened a lot of the symptoms and also all of the other spiritual things that I do. Everything just works beautifully together. And so once I really noticed the that I was holding my breath quite frequently, I knew it was time to switch gears and really start the healing process. And so I started really just becoming more mindful of my breath. And when I noticed that, that I was holding, I would just begin to take deep breaths. And it's just a, a practice and it brings you more into the present moment. Um, I do it a lot, especially if when I'm like cleaning, cooking, when I'm nursing my one-year-old, those, I noticed a lot in those moments that I would, I was holding my breath quite a bit. And so I would really just try to focus on my, what I was doing and really take deep breaths. And, and then also something that's helped me during this is my medium development class. So it's given me a lot of comfort. I had, what happens is I go into like a Zoom meeting with other people. And since I'm very new at this, I, I have like someone that's more experienced. So I get pretty amazing reading. So we read for each other. So we go into like private Zoom read, Zoom rooms and I give a reading for someone and then they give a reading for me. And it's been really, it's been beautiful. And so the night before my grandfather passed, uh, I had a reading and I had never met this woman. She knew absolutely nothing about me. Like it's so random that I don't know, it's, it's wonderful. And so it's very random. I've never met this woman and never talked to her. No one in the group actually knows me personally. And she brought in my grandpa's cousin, who I didn't even know his name. I knew a story of him, but when she described this person to a T, I was like, I, I don't know who that is. And so I immediately texted uh, my aunt and was like, hey, who's this? And she was like, oh my gosh, that that is grandpa's cousin. He is the one that set grandpa and nana up and... And so he had passed a few, quite a while ago. Um, and so having that knowledge of spirit and the spirit world has really been more comforting because I know that they're not gone. I, like I said, I haven't figured out how to talk to my daughter about that in a way that doesn't like, I know she's very, like children are very open and like she probably has spirits talking to her all the time but trying to use my words because I'm so conditioned and I have all this logic, I'm still learning. So I'm going to give you five tips that have helped me over the past few weeks to deal with the grief uh, while you're a busy mama. So number one is to share your emotions. So in an age appropriate way. So hiding them isn't really effective because our children are so intuitive that they know there's something wrong and they feel it too. Like, especially if they're a little bit older, like any, I feel like anything over like three, they know something's different. Like they have had a relationship with this person and now they're gone. Um, so she has been also sad and she talks about it, but we talk about it together. I say, if I'm having a moment and I start like kind of crying or I'm just feeling a little sad. I just tell her what's happening. Like, I'm just feeling sad right now. I really miss grandpa. I really miss doing this with him. I really miss talking to him. I like, or with our cat, I, the, my cat almost like it was the cherry on top. Like it just, I don't even have a good word for it. It, 
was what crumbled me because it was so unexpected and it just like added on to everything. It just, it kind of broke me and I had to really come to charm. And it's only been, it's been three weeks today. And I'm still like, there are times where I'm like, I just didn't have any preparation. It was just done. And a lot of people will say it's just a cat, but she was my cat. And then I feel sad for her twin sister. There's a whole lot of emotions. So I talk about it. I talk about it with my husband. I don't try to like hide it because that's just going to make it like keep building up inside of you where if we just like get it out and let it go, it has, you know, it's not building. And I also don't want my children to have any shame around emotions. My oldest daughter, for her human design, she's an emotional projector. So she has a lot of emotions. And so I don't want her to ever feel any shame for any feeling that she has. And so it's just talking about it and not, you know, holding it in. I do, I would, I will note that I try not to go into like the uncontrollable sobbing. And if that's something that you're having, if you're just like very depressed and sobbing all the time, then that's probably a cue to reach out to a professional and or a therapist, uh, some healing. So whether it's Reiki or any other modality, and that is probably a cue that you really, there's something else that deeper healing needs to be done. And So step number two is nervous system regulation. So especially when we're in like really already stressful situations, but even just day to day, we can tend to be in fight or flight quite a bit. And so remembering that if we can kind of get back into our parasympathetic nervous system, and that's the one that really brings in the rest and digest, and that's going to help calm us. And so whether that's, there's breath work, there's a technique called havening, which is like gently stroking. You can just gently stroke your hands, your forearms, and really become present in that moment. And it's telling yourself that you are safe. Breathing, I really like to do, especially in the beginning, if you're not experienced in breath work, is laying flat on your back. Sometimes I have my knees propped up, whatever is comfortable, and really it's easier, uh, especially when you're building those muscles to breathe into your belly. Another thing I like to do is EFT tapping that helps clear, um, like stagnant energy that's built up and you just tap on different points in your body. And I will talk about this in another episode and I, I just finished my training for it. So it's something I, I am incorporating into uh, helping moms use. And you can have some self-talk and self-love. So when things come up, you can ask yourself what you need in that moment to feel safe or what you what you need. And really listen to those intuitive hits that come through. Um, and so that's been a big thing for me because that has gotten my breath, has helped me stop holding my breath so frequently. And Another, the third tip is to have an outlet for your emotions. So whether it's journaling, therapy, a friend, um, I love breath work. So I tried 
right after my grandpa died, I, I knew I needed to release a lot of emotions, but I didn't want to, I wanted to kind of do it in my own privacy. And so I put my kids to bed and told my husband to just leave me alone. No matter even if he hears me sobbing, I just need some space. And I put some music on and I did a three-part breath. So three-part breathing, it you first take some really big deep belly breaths and then it's kind of hard to explain especially on here but first you fill your belly up with air and then you draw a little bit more breath and that's going to come into your rib cage and then the third part is you continue that inhale until it the air fills into your upper chest and up all the way up to your collarbone and then you exhale and so you first exhale through your chest and letting your heart center sink back down and then from your rib cage and then finally your belly and you want to release your belly all the way down to your spine and it's a it's beautiful and it's great for emotional release and so I had done that and then I was journaling but and my plan was just to go to sleep and both my kids woke up a few minutes later vomiting so they had caught a stomach bug went through the house and so i was able to get that emotional release but then it also just kind of turned into like craziness but because i was so relaxed i was able to handle handle it pretty calmly um so that was a bonus so try that you can just look on like youtube for now and on the three-part breath and you compare it with whatever music that works for you and then number four is a support system so during this i knew she was also grieving but my i had my sister she comes over now once a week so i can take like a few hours to really just do whether it's like working or taking my dog for a walk just where i have like a really big chunk of time to myself and, and I think it also helps her because she gets this one-on-one -on -one time with my girls when her kids are at school and so it's like a healing healing day for all of us and it truly helps um and it's something I will continue to utilize as long as she is willing and number five and this has been something I'd been working on prior but during all of this was simplifying my schedule and taking the pressure off to do all of the things. So I've scaled back quite a bit, especially um, since our my cat had passed. I we haven't been doing a ton of things, and we've been home a lot, which I like. We do go out occasionally, but I like to go out every day and or having this like ridiculous amount of pressure to have all the laundry done, like all pressure that I make up for myself. Um, I've had to let go of those. And then also saying no to things that I don't actually want to do just because I feel like I should do them. And so it's learning to, I guess, even with human design, it, like that's where I, this kind of stems from is doing more things that light me up and not doing things out of obligation. And so we, we've simplified our schedule. We might go to a, like one play group a week or we go do a, um, a zoo or something like that and then we'll probably go visit family but we are home a lot more often just because that's where I just feel like I want to be right now and and I think that's a way for me 
to continue to like process the emotions and but not to take on anyone else's emotions and this is a little bit longer for an episode and then yeah so I think that's that's the best tips I have right now because I'm still grieving and I'm still processing all of these but if it's really about it's going to take time and to be gentle with yourself and that you're not you don't have to get this perfect we're human we're gonna have bad days you're gonna have like it's like it's easier right now where I have days where the emotions will kind of like build up and I'm probably snappier more often. And so yeah, CBD has definitely helped with that where I can up my dose. I had like had gone down to like a pretty minimal dose and I've, I've gone back up for now while we're going through this. So it helps just like bring me back down to calm uh, more consistently. And okay. So this was this is also just um, another reminder, and I guess it's like a, a sixth step, is to remember to still have fun and appreciate the little moments that you do have with your loved ones, where whether that looks like, and this is also a great way to regulate your nervous system, is dancing with your kids, um, playing outside, being in nature. So even though we are sad, we still have to remember to find joy in our life and to have fun and experience this life. Our loved ones wouldn't want us to stop everything and just become, you know, hermits inside of our house and sad and mourning them constantly. So I know it's difficult and there are days that you're not going to want to do all of that. Um, but it's helped me where even if it's just little moments where I appreciate the little wispy hairs of my one-year-old or just having some like deep connection of like staring at my like eye contact with my four-year-old and we're dancing in the kitchen it's those little moments that's going to bring us back um and help us heal and so I just wanted that reminder in there to don't stop enjoying your life still find the beauty in it and going outside is immensely helpful and I think I said that in just about every episode and it helps just kind of reset everything and you feel that connection and calmness I am a much calmer mom when I get outdoors so I just wanted to remind you to even though it's difficult to still find those little happy moments. Okay, so just to recap very quickly, and I know this is a longer episode than I usually do, is to share your emotions um, with, with your children, your spouse, just, you know, you can be open about how you're feeling in that moment and keep it obviously age appropriate for your children and say, right now, um, I'm just feeling a little sad and I miss this person. The other tip is nervous system regulation. So find things that work for you, whether it's breathing, havening, uh, EFT, tapping, yoga, whatever is going to help your body feel safe, that is going to just help you get through this a little bit easier where you're not always in that fight or flight. And the next one, the number three was having an outlet for emotions, whether it's journaling, therapy, having a friend to talk to, breath work, all of the things if necessary. Number four is a support system, whether it's having a family member come over for a few hours to sit with your kids while you go do some self-care or relax, take a nap, whatever you need to do. Very important, hiring a babysitter if that's within your means, 
like any way that you can take some extra time for yourself is really going to help you during this very difficult time. And and the number five is simplifying your schedule as much as possible. If that feels good for you, if and also not having not having so much pressure on yourself to keep up with absolutely everything, even when I'm not grieving, trying to keep up with my entire house. Um, my husband helps a lot, but there's stuff during my day that I, I do have to do. Um, so if you can simplify that, then do it as much as possible. Uh, letting things go, letting the kids maybe just like, you know, whether it's watching a little extra TV or having just extra toys out across your living room. My living room has kind of looked um, pretty chaotic for the past six weeks, but it's kept them busy and occupied. They're independently playing, so I have to choose my battles, so you should also. And yeah, so that's the five steps, and that is what's helping me right now, and I truly do hope this helps you. And yeah, so I'm going to leave this here, and if you have any have any insights or any questions, feel free to reach out on Instagram and I'd love to hear from you. And I'm so looking forward to the next episode. And if this was helpful for you in any way, please leave a review. They help, um, help with like the algorithm, I guess, and they're extremely helpful for me. So I hope you have an absolutely beautiful day. Bye mamas. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Peaceful Mama Life podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new. Your support and feedback means everything to me, so if you could take a moment to leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to bringing you more episodes in the future. Until next time, take care and stay peaceful, and I'm sending so much love and good vibes your way.